Hello, and welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Logan Cosper, and today we're going to be talking about AI. AI, artificial intelligence, an idea that's been touched upon for decades upon decades, always a fascinating idea that belonged only to science fiction and crackpot researchers' dreams. This is no longer the case, though. In the past decade, there's been a wave of AI. With sudden technological breakthroughs and a renewed cultural focus on the concept, this wave has led to a plethora of technologies available to the common population. From the ability to get a drawing made of anything you can imagine, to the ability to create entire essays with next to no effort, AI's powers have become very obvious even to the most dense of onlookers. With all these revolutions comes stress, though, many people fearing these technologies, going as far as to try and demonize them and paint them as a villain, capable of great evil, and worthy of being cancelled. I'd like to spend my time today showing why AI isn't some big thing to be afraid of, how it works, alongside the applications, benefits, and drawbacks. That way you can better understand the very diverse conversation that makes up the AI issue going forward. Before we start dissecting the actual positives and negatives of AI, an explanation of how exactly it works would illuminate a lot. The kinds of AIs that people are worried about, in their simplest forms, work by compiling massive amount of data from forum posts, to research papers, to books, then processing and making informed predictions with all that information, all this being according to CSU Global, or a group when it comes to AI. When you ask ChatGBT, or Infrakit, or any of these other bots, what color is the sky, they're not going to look up into the sky and give you an answer based on what they see, they're going to search throughout the entire internet to find what people most often say the color of the sky is, and give you that information, if that makes sense. From there, when they tell you the sky is blue and you agree, they learn from that. It gets compiled into this already massive database of knowledge that they hold from there, and whenever anybody asks what color the sky is, they can answer blue with much more certainty. In short, AI don't actually think, per se. They're just very well-engineered data compilers and sorters with data they gather from all of us humans, both in how we react to their answers and what we put out on the web. This is the most commonly addressed AI model, and is referred to as a large language model. It'll be the one you see most often talked about. This general concept is even how AI art creators, like the very kind that I've had more criticism levied at them work. They amass tons of images off the internet and label them in certain ways inside their processing, like cat or baseball cap. And whenever someone asks for, say, a cat with a baseball cap, the machine will pull from the many images that they have compiled, labeled as cat or baseball cap, and compile them into one silly-looking image. This kind of AI is called a text-to-image generator. There are thousands upon thousands of more types of AI, but these are going to most likely be the ones you see the most. The easiest way to think of it is that AI is like the world's best trained autocomplete, trained by billions of human documents and millions of human prompts, and knows exactly what you're asking for, fills in the blank space, or canvas, with something that it knows it fits. This is all enabled by a fascinating system called Volta, Created by NVIDIA, it works to speed up the development of neural networks through tensor cores, all according to the very creators who made Volta. The way tensor cores themselves work, however, is absurdly complicated to explain and would take more time than we have here today. But the general idea of why it matters is because neural networks is the way all of this works. It's the way all of this is connected. So these fancy technologies that make them faster and more powerful is kind of the pushing force that leads to AI becoming so powerful. All of that being said, it's easy to think of a few immediate issues that arise with this process, ones that many people are quick to point out. If AI is doing no thinking of its own, merely stealing information from this vast source of data given to it, is this not just glorified idea theft, some technological way to steal the property of others and mash it up into some Frankenstein plot? 
regardless of your stance on the validity or lack thereof of these machines, it's hard to understate the possible impact they hold in our future. Knowing how AI works, it's hard not to be fascinated by it. We live in a reality where in the tap of a keyboard, we can talk to a human-created super compilation of data that can do much more than most understand. AI can be used to, obviously, talk and create stories, but it's so much more diverse than that. It can draw, it can code, it can finish your sentences, it can create logic puzzles, it can correct your grammar, it can let you talk to historical figures, it can answer medical questions, it can even create guitar tabs. The reach and breadth of what AI can do is genuinely staggering. This isn't to say AI is flawless though, nothing ever is. Everything has flaws, burgeoning technology even more so than most. AI is inherently expensive. The process is going into making just one high-level AI, ChatGPT in this case, according to them, took upwards of 50 employees, multiple billions of dollars of investor capital, and an absurd amount of work. Beyond just being expensive though, the consequences come in the data itself. AI is not always correct. It can be anything but sometimes. It can struggle to make complete sense, to be factual in the information that it gives you, and to sometimes just not make up genuine nonsense. This is to be expected, what with it being a new technology, but it is a serious limiting factor when it comes to using AI for right now. Another massive drawback is the fact that AI can be so prone to literal plagiarism that currently, as we speak, the most popular AI for our generation, Stability AI, is actively being sued by Getty Images for stealing so many images that the art produced by these AIs could be considered copyright infringement. Some images quite literally generating with the AI's best approximation of a Getty image watermark. That's how many images were stolen. Getty has stated on the topic, Getty Images believes artificial intelligence has the potential to stimulate creative endeavors. Accordingly, Getty Images provides licenses to leading technology in innovators for purposes related to training artificial intelligence systems in a manner that respects personal intellectual property rights. They also wrote, Stability AI does not seek any such license from Getty Images and instead chose to ignore the viable licensing options and long-standing legal protections in suit of their standalone commercial interests. Assuming this lawsuit goes through, this has big implications for how AI will work going forward, and the implicit view that this lawsuit has that the things AIs produce aren't actual works and are just thefts of real art is not some standalone concept thought about by some massive money-hungry corporation, though. It's a public sentiment that has been echoed by actual artists for months now. Video upon video exists by artists on why they hate artificial intelligence, how it's nothing but theft, some fancified version of shoving together a Monet painting and a Leonardo da Vinci creation and calling it your own work of art. It's pretty hard to disagree with sometimes, too. One more thing beyond this that I would be remiss to mention, even though it is a bit heavy, AI harbors a lot of concerning abilities in the things that it can generate. It's hard nowadays not to see headlines from AI perpetrated act, from AI deepfake adult content of celebrities, to AI being trained to spew nothing but hate speech, to, according to the New York Times, in the span of six hours, AI invented 40,000 poisons and lethal agents, including an agent highly similar to VX, the most toxic agent that we as a species have access to. It's hard not to be at least a little concerned when you hear stuff like that, but be remembered, AI stands to benefit society just about as much as it stands to harm it. I'd like to wrap all this up by briefly touching upon some fascinating uses of this technology that AI enables, too, in this instance, and just washing the taste of all these bad things out of your mouth giving you two things to think about, and then just letting you go on your way. One deceptively fascinating usage of AI that hasn't been touched on enough is how it impacts chess. Chess robots have, for a long while, been superior humans in nearly every way. 
but the two chess bots that stand at the peak function work very differently in deep ways. Alpha Zero and Stockfish are the two in question. Stockfish is like the ChatGPT of chess. It compiles games upon games upon games upon games and stores them in their cores and it uses that to make the most optimal move in any given situation. It's often so correct that Stockfish is used by cheaters almost everywhere and used to confirm the validity of moves in chess bars. It's always amazing to watch. AlphaZero, on the other hand, according to Google, the very people who made them, uses a complex proprietary neural network that mimics the way that humans themselves learn and grows and evolves like that. AlphaZero, while being very smart and nearly as smart as Stockfish, also provides a fascinating look onto how robots and humans learn and how that can work better for our future. From there, the other really neat usage of AI that I found is upscaling the frames per second and resolution of any videos. While that may sound boring, it's genuinely fascinating the way that it can completely change technology. For example, if you were a streamer and running on a crappy PC and could only stream at 30 frames per second with 720p, AI could make that video upscaled to 60fps and 180p with no work on your end. The way it generally works, according to NVIDIA, at least with pixelation, is another neural network. It's been trained for thousands upon thousands of hours looking at low-res images, high-res images, learning how to connect them, how to make one to the other, and so on and so forth. As for the frames, like making something from 30fps to 60fps, according to Digital Trends, the way it functions is that it looks at the number of frames, the closeness between them, and tries to connect one frame to the closest available frame next to it by generating images that it thinks would rightfully connect the two and make it smoother, sometimes with shockingly good results. There's a vast universe of different usages beyond just those, obviously, but it's nicer if you get to find those yourselves and just let this prompt you on searching out stuff about AI. I hope today that you learned enough about how AI works as a whole, the positive and negatives, and as a whole, enough to hold your own if the conversation is ever brought up between your pals. This concludes Newsflash. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NHS Point of View for updates and new episodes. I'm your host, Logan Cosper, and this has been Point of View.